Hello and welcome to the learning experience brought to you by Trainers Forum. Hosted by myself, Oscar and Mladen. Hi everyone, this season Oscar and I will explore the science and art of learning and learning in non-formal education. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. We're live. Today I'm speaking with Annika War. She is a mindfulness and English teacher teaching online as well as in high schools, teaching, very passionate about teaching and learning support and using mindfulness to help students to learn better and create calmer environments. And today we're going to talk about why mindfulness and meditation is super important in today's schooling system. So welcome, Annika. Thank you. Hi, Oscar. Hi. It's very weird because you're my mom and usually we speak Swedish, but I wanted yeah. to bring you on this podcast <laughs> because... Yeah, you are doing something very unique, which is revolutionizing the, the schooling system by bringing in mindfulness, and you've done a lot of training in this, and I wanted to share why this is important and explore this topic with you. So, how are you feeling? Hey, thank you for asking me. It's, I don't think know if it's revolutionizing. It, is, it has been picking up a lot in the last several years. Mindfulness is being taught in many schools in different countries. In Switzerland, not so much in the public system, probably because um, school administrators want to make sure that it isn't anything that's religious, which it isn't, but um, they, it's not so common here. In, in the schools where it is happening here, it's more um, private schools. But I know that there are schools that teach it in England, for example, and in the US, there are systems in place. Wow, I didn't even know that was an issue regarding religion. A, a lot of some oh. people think that when they when they hear yoga or mindfulness, they think it has to do with religion, which it doesn't. Ah, really interesting. Well, wait, let's take a step first back first and explain what is mindfulness so that people can just get on the same page. What is mindfulness? Yeah. So we can explain it very simply by just saying that it's a deliberate focus on bringing our attention to the present moment, to what's happening right now. Um, it doesn't always me uh, involve meditation, and it could, but it doesn't have to. Mindfulness is, to be mindful means to be aware, to pay attention, right? That's a, a word that is part of the English language since a long time. Mm. So the practice of mindfulness is practicing to be aware of what's going on right now. So for example, uh, paying attention to our senses, so instead of uh, being all up in our head with our thoughts and worrying about the future or the past, if you are m practicing mindfulness or if you're being mindful, then you're just focusing on what's going on right now. And if you, if you do that, then your whole nervous system calms down. Ooh. And why is that important for learning, would you say? Um, I think it's important because if we are calm we we are and focused then we learn better a lot of students are are uh, nervous when mm. they come into class yeah it doesn't have to only be when they have to do tests right they could be nervous just being in a classroom especially teenagers i imagine right yeah it, it could be teenage yeah especially in the teenage years because there's so much um 
so much going on in their bodies and in their social environment is so important to them. And they are often um, a bit more anxious than the younger kids. But mindfulness, if you're going to teach it in schools, should be we, sh we should start early because it's a practice and it can take a long time to really um, for it to become a habit. Mm. Yeah. So starting early with with kids, it's it's excellent because then when they are in those teenage years and maybe they are more anxious and more nervous, if they've learned mindfulness and then they can focus better, and they feel more calm. Hmm. Yeah, focusing better and feeling more calm, then they I guess they can absorb the material better. Yeah, because if you're calm and and you feel joy or yeah relaxation, then then you learn better. Definitely, there are a lot of. Um probably trainers or educators in general listening to this podcast and I'm wondering yeah why should they care to maybe think about implementing mindfulness into their their sessions or their their lessons is it something that everybody can use is it something everybody can use of course it's something everybody can use because there are so many different ways of doing mindfulness um, and like I said it helps you to focus so helping people to focus is is super important um, in this day and age when we are living uh, with so much social media and we have so many technologies that are fantastic, but we are our attention is being pulled left and right in all directions for most part of the day and sometimes into the night. So by using mindfulness, we can learn to, to focus longer periods of time. And mm. if, you're, if you're able to focus for a long time on something, then you're feeling more um, more relaxed about what you're doing, and and uh, yeah, you can learn better and you can get things done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so a lot. I know also that mindfulness is very good for creativity because I like to look at it on a, the neuroscientific perspective of how I think when yeah when stress is down, then your the neurons that make you focus aren't firing as much so basically like you have more interconnectivity in your brain and i think that's mm -hmm. that's very cool that's what mindfulness helps with too no yeah absolutely well they have done it's actually scientifically proven now that uh, um, they've done studies on monks that that uh, that practice mindfulness they meditate as well of course for uh, they've been doing it for years and they have seen that their brains are different because um when you're relaxed and uh, you can pay attention for longer periods of time, then then you're you forming you're using different parts of the brain. You're not in flight or fight or flight mode so much. Oh yeah. So you yeah. So you are. It actually has an effect on the brain yeah. that which is a positive one. That's super cool. I'm not a neuroscientist. So I can't explain <laughs> the details, but um, yeah. And how did you learn? about this actually how did you get into it and how did you learn to teach it well in classes okay i never knew what it was i never heard much about it uh, until i started learning how to do yoga so my friend who taught me yoga shout out to my friend jennifer fry she's the one who introduced me to mindfulness and yoga about 15 years ago you can find her on wellbalanced.me she gives yoga, mindfulness, meditation classes online for anyone who wants a fantastic teacher. She started also integrating mindfulness in the yoga practice. And the first few times it was only about, after we had done yoga, lying on the floor, it was only about paying attention to how our, 
the, the sensation in our feet, for example. Mm. And she said, you might find some, some vibrations, you might feel some, some uh, movement inside your foot, or maybe you don't feel anything, just focus on how your feet feel. And for me, that was very strange the first time because I couldn't really feel my feet. But the more you practice this of feeling, um, so mindfulness is, is uh, focusing on the sensations using all your senses, but you can, you can use just one sense at a time. For example, feeling the, the, your feet. And the more you practice this, the easier it gets. And the more it just, you just very quickly go into um, mindfulness and your, your body relaxes very quickly once you've done it, once you know what to do. So that I started by uh, doing yoga and mindfulness. And then uh, the more I practiced it myself, the more I realized, wow, I am, I'm not reacting to things like I used to. Mm. I don't stress out over things. Um, for example, let me give you an example. If I, um, I don't know, I drop an egg on the floor and it, it splashes yeah. everywhere. 20 years ago, I would have maybe freaked out and ah, I get really mad. That's the, <laughs> the instant, you know, fight or flight reaction that hum we humans have. Yeah. Not that it's a big deal that you drop an egg, but it could be any, anything mm. that happens to you. You react quickly. Mindful, practicing mindfulness, what it did for me was that I just watched the egg fall and I didn't react. I just thought, well, okay, the egg has fallen. I'm just going to clean it up. And it was no big yeah. deal. So, and, and you could, this could happen in any instance. For example, somebody gets really angry at me. It's not easy, but if you're, if you've been practicing mindfulness, you could just observe and not react back. You can, and you, and through mindfulness, you can also learn to, to listen, listen attentively to people to really pay attention when someone talks to you. And yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of different different examples. So I, I, uh, I realized how it had changed the way I was reacting and behaving and how it made me feel, how I, I was able to, to feel more calm because I, I uh, did my postgraduate degree in teaching mm -hmm. uh, in 2017. Uh, it was a postgraduate degree to be able to teach uh, biology in uh -huh. secondary schools and IB schools because I'm a biologist. But and uh, in that school, in uh, international school in, G in Geneva, uh, they were teaching mindfulness to to students, but only to the students who have special mm -hmm. needs, um, the ones who are a bit oh, uh, anxious. Only to them, naturally. Huh. Yeah. There was those who, uh, who there were some, they, they, it was a very inclusive school. So they had students with autism, students with all kinds of different disabilities. And those students had uh, access to mindfulness. And so I started there by observing and then also teaching a little bit of mindfulness to them. And that's, I guess, where it started my interest in um, bringing this to schools. So then I took a course um, well, first I, I worked in another school as learn as a learning supporter, academic coach, and there I taught also some mindfulness to the students. And after that, I took a class on how to teach in schools, and it's a specific program where we would teach fifteen minute lessons at the beginning of a class. And there's all kinds of different uh, skills and tools you teach the students, and uh, not all of them understood it right away, but the more we did it, the more they were looking forward to it because they, I think they realized how it the made students them feel. enjoy it now more. Yeah, that's really cool. They enjoyed it. Yeah. So what kind of yeah. things are you using then in those 15 minutes and 
yeah, what, what is a typical introduction to mindfulness look like? We would usually start with, um, I would take my singing bowl, you know, a, a Buddhist meditation bowl. And one of the first exercises I always would start with is for them to sit comfortably in their chair. I would give them instruction on sitting comfortably with feet on the floor. Um, and if they're comfortable, they can close their eyes, but they don't have to. And then I would ring the singing bowl. So here, I have one right here, actually. I can, can even do it for people like a short five minutes now if you want. Okay, yeah. maybe it won't be five minutes, but let's... So if you are listening to this podcast, uh, and please don't do this if you're driving or, or walking or because <laughs> you don't want to be you don't want to be closing your eyes if you're driving so but if you're sitting in a chair or in a sofa or on a floor just first focus on sitting comfortably your body should be relaxed but your back can be straight and if you're comfortable with it you can close your eyes and then what we're going to do for the first few minutes is just pay attention mindfully to the sound that you hear so we're focusing on our sense of hearing. So mindfulness of, of um, hearing. So I'm going to ring the singing bowl and just pay attention to that sound until you don't hear it anymore. And, and I would ask the students to lift their arm or their hand when they don't hear it anymore. So here we go. And then once the students have lifted their arm and they don't hear the singing bowl anymore, then I, then I keep um, just talking to them and letting them know what they should focus on. So then we might, um, they, they can keep, the, and usually they do keep their eyes closed. And we would start by focusing, for example, on our feet and just paying attention to the feet. And you can do like a body scan. So you would start with focusing on the feet and then slowly moving up the body um, to focus on different parts. But mindfulness, a lot of mindfulness teachers focus on the breath because the breath is, is when we're always breathing. If we're not breathing, we're not alive. So it's it's something that you always have with you wherever you are. So you're, you're focusing on your breath can bring calm because if you try it, if you're just sitting here now quietly with your eyes closed and just focus on the sensation of your breath, just focus on how it feels when it goes in and out of your nose. Focus on how it feels when it enters your chest and maybe you feel your stomach rising and falling. And as soon as you're thoughts start coming in because we are human and our our minds are always working so if a thought comes in don't worry don't attach any attention to it just go back to focusing on your breath and i would just remind the students to keep focusing on their breath or then i would bring the attention to the hands for example and there's other exercises I would do also. I can, there's um, 
for younger children, I, I often did some movement exercises. So we would stand up and we would move and do some yoga poses, for example, because if you're focusing on how your body feels uh, as you stand on one leg, for example, on tree pose, then you're focusing your attention on your foot on the floor, for example, or your hands up in the air. Um, so mindfulness, it's so vast, but, but if you, when you start, you usually try and focus on your breath. Because if you, if when you do that, it's, you will realize that it's not easy, right? Because your mind wanders. I really like that. So there's lots of ways of implementing different exercises from the, focusing on the breath, focusing on the body, doing body scanning, focusing on sounds or the different senses. And mm -hmm. it's just about paying attention to these things so that you have some kind of focus, but it's okay if your mind gets distracted. One metaphor that I really like that uh, a coach told, once told me is that bringing your mind back from a distracting thought is like doing a mental push-up. Like the, more, the yeah. more you bring your mind back to the thing that you want to focus on, that you want to be aware about, it's like a little push-up. Yep, exactly. It is exercise for the brain. So, because the more we do it, the the, the better we become at it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's like mental exercise. Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, you can do it if you're say you can also make a practice of it. So if you you don't have to think of mindfulness practice as being as having to sit on a chair and closing your eyes and taking five, two or five or 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be that if you don't feel like today, you don't have time. Of course, we all have five minutes. But if we think, okay, we don't have time, then you could make it a practice. Mindfulness practice could be, for example, when you're making your cup of tea. So sipping your tea mindfully, mindfully, just feeling the sensation of the warm tea going down your throat. That's mindfulness as well. Or maybe mindfully brushing your teeth. That could be a, a daily exercise. We brush our teeth every day. We should anyway. And if that becomes your practice, then brushing your teeth mindfully, that's a mindful, mindful exercise as well. So it, it means that when you're brushing your teeth, you're not thinking about the, the next um, job you have to do, or you're not thinking about the conversation you had yesterday that you regret or whatever you're just focusing on the sensation of the toothbrush and toothpaste in your mouth yeah and that brings calm to you definitely and that that helps us be more aware of our actions and less on automatic mode right which is what i like a lot, a lot. absolutely hello learners you've reached the midpoint of the episode i wanted to let you know that the mission of the learning experience is to connect learners and educators throughout the world which is the same for Trainers Forum, which is how this podcast is hosted. Please go check out trainersforum.org on the website or either on Facebook or on Instagram to learn more and connect with other awesome people. The learning experience is also on Instagram at the learning experience with a dot between each word. And you can also check out myself as well as my co-host and Laden on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you use social media. It's my full name, Oscar War, and all of these links are, will be in the description. Otherwise, hope you're enjoying the episode so far, and back to the show. So, it, it, so how does mindfulness help students? So I would like to, to uh, go a little bit deeper yeah. into this. So there's several things. 
um, students, like I, maybe I, I spoke a little bit about it before, they, they, it improves their emotional and behavioral regulation. So what I mean mm. by that is that they can, uh, if they've practiced mindfulness enough, they will understand that they don't need to react or respond to a failure or success, you know, um, harshly. So, yeah. so harshly, yeah. exactly. They can recognize that um, uh, if I failed at something of a test, it's okay. I can keep on improving by by studying more. Or because you you're mindful, you've practiced mindfulness. You don't react as harshly as as you did before, maybe. So improved emotional behavioral regulation. There are a lot of students who are very anxious, and I think these days maybe more, maybe because of COVID. I don't know. But um, uh, they are anxious for different reasons. And to be able to, to uh, not attach to that anxiousness, to maybe calm themselves down, regulate their own emotions because they've practiced mindfulness, that's super helpful for them. Um, the second point is it improves their focus. So that's, uh, that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. And that can, uh, if you have a good focus while you're, while you're doing a test, for example, you're doing your final high school exams, you have to be focused on that, on that exam. So if you've been practicing mindfulness and you, you know how to focus for a long time, then you, there's big chances that, that academic performance can, can uh, improve. The third one is reducing feeling of anxiety. So that's basically what I said before. The practice of mindfulness, uh, it brings our minds and bodies to a state of unity. So we're not always in our heads because as humans we are constantly thinking <laughs> but when we are when we are uh, practicing mindfulness then we're not worrying and thinking in our heads then we are focusing on our senses so for example um feeling you're feeling less anxious because all of a sudden your focus is on how your body feels in your chair you're focusing on your feet on the floor and that brings a sense of um serenity and, and calmness yeah that's probably the one that most people can uh connect with since anxiety can be yeah you can have it at any age right yeah exactly yeah and you can that's where i think you see the results fastest mm. because you 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 notice that you become calm when you first start to to practice the mindfulness of breath or mindfulness of sensations in your hands or in your feet or in your butt when you're sitting on the chair you'll notice that you're becoming calmer and you, you can start perceiving your environment more correctly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then the last thing I was going to say, it's uh, better social skills. Oh, yeah? If you practice, my, if a student practice mindfulness, they become better at paying attention. Ooh. Because that's what mindfulness yeah. is, right? So they, they are then better at connecting with people more sincerely and deeply. And this improves their social life as well. Whoa. That's pretty cool because then like if you're talking about a training session where you want people to interact more mindfulness basically makes them yeah learn so much more because then they can connect with each other more and create more learning experiences mm -hmm. i mean as a you know as a coach that it's uh, super important to really listen yeah. well yeah, yeah yeah and and to listen you need to pay attention in, in, um, attentively yeah you have to really pay attention not only to the words the other person is saying but just paying attention to the person the whole person mm. yeah that's what we were talking about and you can learn to do that yeah, in another episode like that active listening is super important 
I think I probably mention it in every episode. Exactly. Active listening is a really good skill. And I guess mindfulness is super helpful for developing that further. Yeah, it can help that. Yeah. That's super cool. But like I said, and I've repeated it now many times, yeah. it, it's mm. a practice. So if it's something that you you see that it would be useful for your students or and for ourselves as well, then make it a practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like anything, it takes time to develop it. Repetition is the mother of mm -hmm. skill, quoting Tony Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Yeah, I really like that. But so is there any one exercise or way of implementing it that say if you just have one like one session with a group of people then that's it that you're done afterwards like is there a way of making it super powerful like so that, or can, making sure that so that people can connect with the topic more or it doesn't it doesn't matter how how you do it really um i think that you need to first decide how long do you want to make your session and it doesn't really matter I don't think what, well, yes, it does matter. I think if it's, it's, if these students or training trainers are, are beginners to mindfulness, then the best is probably to start with mindful mm. breathing, a breathing exercise or, or mindfulness of the sensation. So you can be mindful, mindful of what you see, but in general, we sit with our eyes closed, yeah. but there are, you can be mindful of what you see. You can be mindful of what you smell. You can be mindful of what you taste what you hear and what you feel. So those are our five okay. senses. Um, so some mindfulness practice exercises would be focus on, th on five things that you see. So if you're sitting in a room with trainers, you can, with their eyes open, obviously, you can say, let's focus on five different things that we see. And then you focus on five things that you mm. hear. And then you focus on five, five things that you smell could be difficult maybe just do two things that you smell and then taste and a fun exercise to do is to give everybody a piece of chocolate and then mindfully taste that chocolate but i mean that means really letting it melt and feel all the sensation in your mouth and in your throat yeah. as that chocolate melts that's mindful yeah. eating for me that's the most difficult one so there's all kinds of different all mindful eating should be the easiest <laughs> really right because you can so. just imagine eating a piece of chocolate mindfully just focus on how delicious that chocolate is <laughs> okay it's hard to not swallow it oh you can swallow it that's also you can swallow it and feel how it when it glides down your mm. throat true, true, true. mindfulness yeah. of this uh, touch that's probably the easiest because you can then focus on how your different parts of your body how they feel mm. Mm -hmm. and then there's mindfulness um of thoughts that's more difficult because that's that is more like a, an exercise of meditation because if you're sitting with your eyes closed and you're you start by focusing on your breath your minds your your thoughts are going to wander that's normal everybody's yeah. head does that Everybody's brain does that and mindfulness of thought is real seeing those thoughts as if they're clouds in the sky and you can put a little if a thought comes in you can like say okay hello thought and just focus back back on your breath. So it's as if you're watching the thoughts. You don't pay attention to them. And it's very difficult because if a thought grabs your attention, you want to go with it. it. Yeah. And then your, your brain, your mind is not mindful anymore. 
So mindfulness of thoughts is an exercise, but it's hard to do. It takes a lot of practice. And then there's mindfulness of emotions. And that one is very powerful. It's not easy in the beginning either, but that's, that is similar to thought. It's sitting in uh, with your eyes closed and when an emotion comes in, and this one is to be taken quite uh, carefully if you don't know your group of trainers, because it can bring up emotions. So if, um, if you feel an emotion coming in, emotions usually arrive in our, our heads, of course, but they have, they usually um, create a feeling somewhere in our body. For example, grief, some people feel it in their throat. Hmm. Um, sadness in their hips or you know it's different parts of the body will feel emotions so if you do mindfulness of emotions you might want to just notice the emotion notice yeah. where it is and breathe into that area to make it it's it's a practice of it's not pushing the emotions away because emotions are super important yeah and accepting the emotion and breathing into it and if it's a difficult emotion just sitting with it but this is why I say it's hard. It might not be a good exercise to do with just anybody because yeah. people who've had trauma, who have very, very strong negative emotions, they don't want those emotions to be called up when they're sitting with other people in a room. Yeah. So that's something for a one-on-one -on -one or a, someone who's a psychologist or a, a counselor yeah. to do. So I wouldn't do that kind of exercise with with other people. But you can do... Mm -hmm. a, you can. Um, you can call on happy emotions. If you're leading a, a mindfulness practice, you can uh, focus on the heart area and, and uh, ask the people to call on the feeling of happiness, of joy, hmm. so that they, they, they can uh, kind of in, uh, invite that emotion into the heart area and breathe into that. And that you can add um, a practice of... Uh, of um, loving kindness, uh -huh. loving kindness mind meditation, which is saying uh, positive words to yourself and giving yourself love and gratitude and things like that. Mm. Yeah, gratitude is a super powerful practice too. Yep, and that's something that I would bring into every mindfulness exercise because gratitude and positive emotions can help students to to feel good about themselves, and that's super important. Yeah. True, and then you start the session in a very positive mood, right? Yeah, and and you know, if your brain, if you are happy, then then you learn better. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. That's what, yeah, positive psychology has shown that when you're yeah feeling more positive and yeah just uplifted, then you're a lot more open to receiving information as well, and like processes processing it's better. I think. Exactly. Yeah. If we're stressed or or scared then we don't really learn very well at all. We don't remember hmm. things. Yeah. Would you say that there's are moments that you wouldn't use mindfulness exercises? or? I think it's only the, the one I was saying about emotions. Um, if there are people who have had trauma, or if you don't know your audience, maybe just don't, don't do that kind of mindfulness. But otherwise, no, I think that we can always use mindfulness at the beginning of any training session, hmm. just to, to get the whole room relaxed and true and uh feeling positive yeah and it gets everybody on the same wavelength you could say as well like yeah. feeling the same and what i like about mindfulness as well is that if you start with a session if especially if it's at, at the end of the day then it helps people to like just 
drop the the baggage from the the whole day which has accumulated and come into the oh, yeah. moment a bit better right yeah absolutely yeah well that's super cool and uh, how long do you usually do them 15 minutes would you say at the beginning um the lessons i went the little court the course i took it was a 15 minute 15 to 20 minute lessons but uh, now with my students i have currently um it's just five to ten minutes okay and i always ask first yeah would you like to do mindfulness of course i have one student who is um she's very anxious she she can't go to school because of her uh, em uh emotional difficulties with interactions and stress so she always wants to do mindfulness and she practices it on her own at home and her mom has told me that it helps her immensely that she has become less anxious wow whereas her sister who is has no no issues with anxiety she doesn't always want to do mindfulness huh, huh. yeah it depends on the person that's really interesting mm -hmm. though and that's cool, super cool that it helps her so much yeah yeah one way that i like to practice i try to do it almost daily but i use the headspace meditation app that's it's really good but there are, there are some yeah there are some really good applications yeah I used to listen to Calm. Mm -hmm. That's an app that has some really nice, just natural sounds that uh, I would have put my earplugs in and and listen to the sound of, of falling rain, for example. Mm. And you just feel calm and you can just, that's mindful listening. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Calm, Headspace, this one, uh, Insights Timer. I think, I think they're all very cool. And in terms of your yep. daily life, um, yeah, how would you implement that in your daily life then, do you think? What's a, what's a good way for using mindfulness? And is this something that you recommend people to do daily? Absolutely. Yeah, if you, if you make it a practice, pick a, day, a time of day where you do the same thing every day. For example, before you get up, maybe from your bed, maybe that's a few minutes of breathing and feeling your body. Mm. We can do a body scan or in the evening before you go to bed, a body scan before you fall. And that can help you to fall asleep if you have issues with falling asleep or too many things, go, too many thoughts going around in your head, just lying on, on your bed and closing your eyes and trying to do a body scan. Because if we when we haven't practiced mindfulness, it can be hard. you'll realize that how, how difficult it is to, to stay focused. But trying to just paying attention to the breath or doing a body scan by focusing first on the toes and scanning your focus goes up your body. And maybe by the time you hit your shoulders or your head, you're asleep. <laughs> true, true. Or you can pick another time during the day. If you do exercise, a yoga or whatever workout you do, you could end it with uh, just hmm. two minutes. I mean, don't, put, don't try and do like half an hour every day because you might get like with everything that we start, any practice, it's better to start with little. I always say that when... Is it easier? Building a new habit or starting something new, start small, start super small. I think in head yeah. the Headspace app, they tell you to like start with two minutes or three minutes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really important. I don't do it right when I wake up because then I feel like I sometimes fall asleep. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's still hard. It takes just takes a long time to get used to because sometimes I have thoughts racing around when I'm doing it. And yeah, that can make it quite difficult, but... Like you're saying, yeah, yeah. self-compassion is important in those moments. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't judge. If you can't do it, don't judge yourself. It's fine. You can, I mean, there are some, some days I don't practice at all, but then, then I, maybe I remember, okay, maybe right now I could be mindful. So then all of a sudden when I'm walking up the steps, mm. for example, I feel my feet, feeling the feet on the floor, mindful walking. That's a wonderful exercise. You just go outside barefoot or you're, as you're walking out the door or as you're stepping inside a room, students going into a classroom, maybe that classroom is the one that we're, maybe it's a classroom they're normally nervous in. Oh. So maybe they can make a practice of when they step into that classroom, they should feel their feet because then you're not, you're not feeling as nervous. Then you're just focusing on the sensation of the feet on the floor, or maybe when they put their butt on the, on the chair. Yeah feel that and that really gets you out of your head which is exactly yeah wow that's really cool that's what it is it's get get getting yourself out of your head because there's so many uh there's so much pulling our <laughs> attention left and right yeah. right so if we can just focus on our on our sensations for even if it's just two seconds yeah. it's probably one of the best productivity tools actually i'd say mindfulness then you can focus better. That's super cool. Is there anything else you'd like to mention on about using mindfulness in teaching? No, I mean, I know that there are a lot of schools who, who do it, especially with the younger kids. And I just hope that it gets rolled out to, to all the schools everywhere. Yeah, for sure. And for people who want to use it, would you say that they should take some classes on learning how to how to implement it or simply knowing a little bit and practicing themselves would be enough to help them use it better it's always better to take a class i think to have somebody who who guides mm -hmm. you along um but you can start before you take a class i mean try on your own with the headspace app or just by focusing on your breath you can try on your own but i would recommend taking um, a class with them with a mindfulness teacher or someone who can teach you how to, how yeah. to do it it's always Great. better because there's so many different ways of doing and it. And that probably helps you get the fuller, the bigger picture as well. Yeah, and then you can find which kind of mindfulness do you like best. Because everybody has, we're all different. So you pick the one that you like yeah. the best. True, true, true. Oh, I was going to add something. Yeah. If you have never practiced mindfulness and you want to really understand what it means, uh, apart from just what I'm saying, the paying attention... If you have ever played a sport or if you've ever painted or, or played an instrument, um, think back of that experience. And I think you'll realize that whatever you were doing, painting or playing an instrument or doing a sport, you didn't see time pass because you were in what we call being in the zone, right? You're, you're, you're so focused on that sport or on that music or on that painting that you're doing that is mindfulness. That's pure mindfulness because you are so focused on what you're doing. So we can all do that. And that's why it, it's pretty um, pretty cool to, to have a, a creative hobby mm. like a sport or an, an art. True. Because that then we are, if we're really into it, if we really love what we're doing, then we're focusing completely. And you can have out people are or playing basketball or playing an instrument or painting for, for an hour and just total focus and not really seeing time yeah. fly. That's mindfulness. That's super cool. Yeah, it's, it's also, also think that's, that's what's called the, the flow state, right? What uh, the mm -hmm. positive yeah. psychologists call flow state. 
And oh yeah, the idea that I had was yeah, if you're new and don't want to do the guidance, you could just put on a YouTube video. Probably that works well. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's super yep. easy, and then play it, and everybody goes yep. goes through it, which is cool. Awesome. Is there anything else that hasn't been mentioned? I don't think so. Sweet. So what would you ask listeners to to take action on after listening to this podcast? Do you think? I think it would be fantastic if you can uh, find a, a YouTube video on mindfulness or an app. Check out Headspace and just give it a try. Yeah, give it a try for yourself and then give it a try to show other people because it's quite powerful. Yeah, yeah. Try it out for um, try it out one day and then see if you can do it again and and challenge yourself. See if you can do it a little bit of mindfulness every day for a week. And then maybe you'll realize that it does help and it makes you feel calmer and and maybe more yeah. focused. But like I said, it's a practice. So don't expect, you know, results right away. But um, it's it, there's no harm to yeah. it. Okay. How long would you say people can wait to expect uh, to see some, some kind of result if they've never done it? I think if you've never done it, you'll 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 uh, see right away the, the effect it has on cool. you. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I remember the first time I actually just focused on a sensation, I could feel myself go calm. But okay, there's people who are calm all the time, so maybe they won't notice it like that. So, um, we're all different. So I don't know how I would start. Start with just a, a few yeah, minutes. Yeah. And then, uh, and then continue. For sure. Super mm -hmm. cool. Tak mama. Uh, thank you, Miss, Mrs. Annika War. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> You're if welcome, people want to learn more or connect with you, where can they find you? What social medias or what websites? If you want to promote that, you, this is your space. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm writing a children's book, as you know. And uh, I have a website website called Annika's Books. And I'm on Instagram also with Annika's Books. And I have a Facebook page called <laughs> Annika's Books. <laughs> so I blog, I write blogs, uh, little stories. And my first children's book is written, but it is currently being illustrated. And that book has mindfulness in, this, in it because it's a sweet little story of these woodland creatures. And the little rabbit is so worried and so anxious. And his friend, the, the Max, the mouse, teaches him how to breathe and count to three. And he learns to mindfulness. And that calms him down and he isn't so scared anymore. Super cool. Yeah. Check out, check out the book. So, yeah. It's coming out soon. Hopefully. And hopefully, yeah, it'll come out awesome. in the summer. Yeah. It's uh, based on a story that my mom used to tell me when I was little. So you should definitely check it out or at least follow her on the social media platforms. And if you, I just wanted one more thing. If anybody out there knows a young person or student who has some issues mm. with anxiety or wants to, to uh, wants some tips and some help on how to focus better, maybe become more organized in school. And um, I'm a, a certified teacher, so I can teach English as a second language. I can teach biology. And I always um, add mindfulness to my lessons. So I can teach online, awesome. obviously. Um, anybody out there who wants to um, connect with me can do that with um, yeah. by going to my website, Annika's Books. 
or my email is booksbyannika at gmail.com. Nice. Super cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I, I love talking about mindfulness. You're welcome. So super nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love it too.